Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by a comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom. From comics and video games to science and technology, if it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Trench. I'm Arceus. I'm Luke. And this is a Nerdy Show Microsode. That's where we talk about what you want us to talk about for 15 minutes or more. Or actually, in this case, 30 minutes or more. Because, well, Garrier has doubled down on the topic of the Dresden Files. He says... Dresden has branched out from the books into TV, graphic novels, and of course, the tabletop RPG. Discuss everything. <laughs> We're not talking about the TV show. Ah, uh, TV show. Uh, uh, <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> no, there, it's done. We've talked about it. Moving on. <laughs> for, for those that don't know, basically, like, if the TV show is the first thing you experience about Dresden, then, you know, odds are you may or may not enjoy it. But if you read the books first, you will hate the TV show pretty much exclusively. Oh, yeah. It only lasted a season, though, right? It only yeah. Lasted a se- it only lasted yeah. a season, and it was... And good riddance. I, I mean, I honestly haven't even seen it just because well, of... We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, everything. I suppose. Yeah. I don't know anything about this series. I know that people love it. I know that twice over it was recommended to us for our RPG support drives to play the uh, the RPG, which uses the Fate Dice system. I know that when I was looking into that, that I realized that their mythology about all the usual Buffy-style vampires and werewolves and such were very different from other things, enough that I was like, I don't feel comfortable creating a character in this universe without doing a hell of a lot more research, research that I have not done in the production of this episode. I'm instead going to lean on you guys. So I'm going to ask all the dumb questions, and I'm going to start with the dumbest question of all. What the hell is this series about? It's kind of a mix of hard-boiled detective story and fantasy. Yeah. Because yeah. it takes place in a world much like our own, which has modern-day things and conveniences like cars and computers and airplanes. And then you add in elements of magic and mythology and fairy tales that you know, are taking place in the background because all of the supernatural elements of the world are hidden away from the mundane, you know, regular parts of the world where mortals dwell. And in another dimension, which is just on the other side of the veil called the Never Never. Which is basically where all the fairies and pixies and that kind of creature reside. Your Santa Clauses, your Earl Kings. And this series is written by Jim Butcher. It started in uh, 2000. That's when the first book was mm-hmm. published. It was his first series of the three that he has written. It's mm-hmm. the longest running with the most books. 
up to 15 books. Currently, the 16th is still being written, which is a little unusual because he had been on like a yearly schedule for the releases and there's been a three year break between book 15 and book 16. And there's no release date for it yet. Yes. I think he started to suffer a little from Dresden burnout and wanted to give it some time. Fair enough. So here's an interesting fact about him. In 1996, he was in a writing class where he was encouraged to write a novel similar to Anita Blake, Vampire Hunter. His teacher in- encouraged this and worked with them closely during the creation of the first book. That teacher yeah. was Deborah Chester. Deborah Chester, I've read books by. The other part of that story is he basically fought her tooth and nail because it was not what he <laughs> wanted to write. And ultimately, it became the first book of the series. I have heard him say that he wrote it almost out of spite just to prove how bad it would be. Fun fact about Deborah Chester, the thing of hers that I've read was what's known as Lucasfilm's Alien Chronicles. And I, I, saw, I was a member of the Lucasfilm fan club, which became the Star Wars Insider. And they were hawking these books in there, Lucasfilm's Alien Chronicles, written by Deborah Chester. I started reading them. They were great. They had nothing to do with Star Wars, Willow, Indiana Jones, the Radioland murders, fucking anything. I still don't know what they have to do with George Lucas at all. I don't think he even has a story by credit on there, which is usually a big deal for him. The branding absolutely befuddles me. But if you want to read a cool trilogy of novels on an interesting science fantasy world, then Lucasfilm's Alien Chronicles is great, and I don't know where you can buy it anymore, but we'll certainly link to it on Amazon, where maybe you can buy it used. Anyway, Jim Butcher is the topic at hand. That is all I have to contribute to this episode. (laughs) You did it. (laughs) Yay. What makes this series stick out to you guys? It's a combination of two things that I like, and that it's uh, hard-boiled detective fiction combined with magic. The thing I liked about it is uh, I was coming off of the Harry Potter books because I enjoyed those in my youth. And basically, it's kind of the next logical step. It's more adult-themed. It's better written, in my opinion, especially the later there's an books. Au- there's an awkward sex scene per book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, so you don't have to write your own awkward sex scenes like with the Harry no, Potter no. fandom. Oh, I'm sure Provided for you. <laughs> so convenient. <laughs> Dresden is kind of a mix of like some of the more classic wizards like Merlin and Gandalf than he is, say, like Harry Potter. There's some elements, I would say, of Dumbledore in there, but, you know, generally a much more traditional wizard. Unpopular opinion? I don't think Harry Potter's that good at all. None of it. So maybe Dresden's the book for me. You would probably enjoy Cap, but I will say that the first book is a little rough to get through. I mean, I almost put it down until I got to the conclusion of it, which was fantastic. And then the next book was just great from the beginning. So I actually thought the second one dragged more than the first one, but uh, but I liked them both fine enough. It's just that the series really takes off at three. Agreed. Yeah. With the introduction a- of Michael. Yes. <laughs> that was, Yeah, Michael is one of the best characters. Absolutely. So, well, tell us Don't about Michael. Don't yada yada the Lord, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We, gotta, we can't really start with Michael. We got to start with Harry. So sure. Harry is a wizard. In modern day Chicago. No, 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 no. The main character of Dresden Files is a wizard named Harry. Harry Blackstone Copperfield Dresden. Thank you. Now you said his true name. (laughs) He he is named after three different stage magicians because his father was a stage magician. Yes. Uh, His mother was actually the magical one because in the Dresden verse, magical bloodlines run through your mother's bloodline. Huh. Just like Judaism. Her exact identity is spoilers. (laughs) 
the story about like how milk would sour in the presence of witches and stuff in like medieval Europe and whatnot is basically the side effect of magic with the mundane world. And so in modern times, that phenomenon has mutated and changed where anytime a wizard is within close proximity to technology, the technology will explode. So Harry Dresden does not use computers. He does not you know, go to hospitals in the event that he would fuck up all the machinery and, you know, stuff keeping people alive. He will only if he has to get on a plane in very rare circumstances. <laughs> you know, he drives a car that is old as shit. And he uses revolvers. Yeah, he'll use guns that are very primitive as far as the technology well, in a gun goes. It's revolvers instead of semi-automatics, yeah. Yeah. That's actually something I like about the series is that it will establish rules like that. So Harry doesn't have a TV, he has a phone that barely works. But he does make these pop culture references, which, yeah, it's, it's fun. But then you find out it's because he can go to drive-in theaters and he can watch movies that way because he's far enough away from all the equipment. So it not only like follows the rules, but it sort of plays them out and has fun with them. So he is the only wizard in the world to have his own public posting about the fact that he is a wizard. His yellow pages reads, Harry Dresden, wizard, lost items found, paranormal investigations, consulting, advice, reasonable rates, no love potions, endless purses, parties, or other entertainment. Basically, business for him is really slow because he mostly gets, you know, phone calls or people dropping by to ask him if he's serious. Hey, you mm-hmm. wizard. You ain't really a wizard. That's how the first book actually opens, is he gets a new mailman, and the new mailman is giving him shit. Most of his work is actually through the Chicago Police Department hiring him as a consultant. His friend Murphy. When he starts out, he has his you know history, his backstory, whatever, and so as a result, he doesn't really let a lot of people in or clue them in to the fact that there's a lot of magical shit going on behind the scenes that nobody can see. So he kind of starts out as a lone wolf or, you know, people, he won't let people in and be involved in his life, which changes as the the series progresses. And one of the most, you know, he's, as the series goes, he gets more and more powerful magically and he acquires more and more like, you know, powerful items that he creates for himself. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, which is like one of the best parts about the series is the gallery of characters that surround him and make up Mm -hmm. his supporting cast that he comes to rely on more and more throughout the course of the series. Michael that we touched on previously is a Knight of the Cross, which means he is one of three knights that wield swords that have the nails from the cross that were that actually pierced the flesh of Jesus Christ and that have been worked into the blade of the sword which gives them like super magical powers against demons and outsiders and just evil things in general they can only be wielded by certain individuals as well yeah, they're they chosen by the swords yeah and you don't necessarily have to be a, you know, a Christian or believe in God to actually pick up the sword. One of the guys is actually an atheist. <laughs> One of them became, he sort of became, what was it, a Presbyterian by accident? And that's how he got the sword? He, oh, yeah, he wanted to see Elvis, and they told him the king was back there. <laughs> He's uh, all the positive traits out of an exceptionally religious Catholic person with none of the negative traits. It's all charity and giving to others and righteousness and telling you not to swear adorably. And he's so a carpenter. He's, so he's oh. Christ-like, he's not which, just a Christian. Which is, exactly. his last name is Carpenter, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgot <Yes>. about that. <laughs> Jim Butcher is many things. Subtle is not one of them. 
<laughs> but uh, he is an RPG fan, which I feel you can... Well, no, you can tell partially reading the stories, and you can definitely tell if you pick up the RPG book. So did he write the uh, the RPG book himself? Uh, uh, he contributed content to it. I don't think he wrote the system, but there are lots of little in-universe notes from Harry and another character, Butters, that actually will expand on your knowledge of the universe in a way that you can't get from just the novels. They'll tell you little things. You know, you mentioned the whole, like, his werewolves aren't the usual werewolves, and his vampires aren't the usual vampires, because he's drawn from so many mythos and, you know, lores to create this universe. So it's basically like all of them are true in the Dresden verse. It's enjoyably kitchen sink. Yeah, there's like four or five (laughs) different kinds of werewolves he lists. Yeah, he meets Odin at one point. He Mm -hmm. meets Santa, the king of the wild hunt. (laughs) He meets, yeah, Santa Claus. Um, He meets Hades at one point. Ooh, that's a good bit. Queen Mab, although she's called something else. And the Lianchi, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and he's got a fairy godmother, too, that is evil and tries to corrupt him and tempt him with power every now and yes. again. <laughs> that's and great. Her, her name is written in Celtic and therefore impenetrable. Or Gaelic, I forget. And he has the best dog ever. Mouse. Mouse is the best dog ever. Mouse is a foo dog. What does that yes. mean? You know them statues they have at the entrance to, is it Buddhist temples? Ah. He's I- a spiritually uh, infused dog. He's also big and fluffy. And his bark scares away his demons. He has a cat the size of a dog and a dog the size of a He's, bear. Yeah, basically yes. <laughs> the, the dog is kind of like an angelic being in dog form. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, you know, the, the tropes are heavy on the ground in Dresden Files, but it never it never seems to get old. It's it's just fun. It's enjoyably pulpy is how it feels to me. I remember getting an email a couple months ago about pre-ordering the next book. Ooh. I mean, that might be a thing, but there's still no release date for it. But that gives me hope. But as I understand it, the series is sort of heading towards wrap-up. There's still a few more books to go, but he's had an idea of an ending for the Dresden series for a while, and we are headed towards it now. Yeah, I read an article that's like, it might go into the 20s, but that's probably about it. And it's on book 15. Most of the stories are kind of like a the big event out of the year of Harry's life at a time. There's generally about a year in between each story, except for the last three, which all kind of happen really, really close together. As events accelerate towards, is it the big apocalyptic trio or something that he calls it? I might be getting a little deep now. I, you know, I don't remember exactly. I just know that basically things as they've progressed are closer and closer to coming to a head with stuff because there's the, you know, villain of the week air quotes type thing that he deals with through the course of the story that is actually linked into this larger plot that's going on behind the scenes. And we're still only seeing the outlines of it, really. Mm-hmm. I finally found some information on it because Wikipedia was not forthcoming. The 16th book is called Peace Talks. And according okay. to Jim Butcher's website, as of May 2017, Jim is currently writing Peace Talks. So we're still quite a ways away from having a release date. Damn. I got no problem with it. It'll come out. I don't want him to rush. I have a lot of True. love for the series. I would hate for it to tank all of a sudden. But I have faith in him. He's done good so far. Like, if you can keep me interested for 15 books, you're doing something right. Yeah, yeah he wrote, he, like I said, he wrote those 15 books back to back, did another six book series while doing that, and has now started his third series that he just, I think, released or is about to release the second book of. Have either of you uh, read the Codex Alara? I've read the first book. It was kind of hard to get into. Is that one of his other series? Yeah, that's his... It's a straight-up fantasy series, as I understand it. A lot of Roman government-type stuff mm. going on, too. Or it, it borrows heavily in for its influences. 
Have you guys uh, read the prequel comic written by Jim Butcher, Welcome to the Jungle? I have read, I think so, yes. I read it a while ago, but I don't remember it very well. There's a couple different uh, graphic novels, and there are a couple different side stories that he's written, short stories, which are all kind of like, you know, the the day-to-day stuff of the Harry Dresden life. They're not really, you know, the big stuff like you get in the books, but they're canon but I've not read them. There's also a collection of side stories that he put out uh, called Side Jobs. That's basically Basic, the same Yeah, thing. that's what I meant. That's what I was talking it's about. It's kind of B-sides, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, and we found out that he had a partner before uh, the series proper took place. Yeah, he gets. I think he gets a name drop in one of the other books, but that's all. I think it was Angel. No, yeah. that was his mentor, the guy oh. that he had, oh, to, there we go. he had to apprentice under another private investigator before he got his own license. So we touched on it at the top. Has anyone seen this this TV show? I have seen no. the entire thing. Oh, well, Arceus, uh, <laughs> why don't you crack open that box of sorrows you've got with you? Okay. For starters, the tone is way off. Uh, Harry's relationships with many of the other characters are complete. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Completely different. The vampires are just like true blood sexy vampires <laughs> instead of being oh. the... Uh, Sort of a parody of that. Because yes. the, there's four different courts of vampires. So the there's the Jade Court, which is kind of the Eastern vampires that are very... The series hasn't really got into a lot of them because they've basically intentionally kept themselves mysterious. There's the Red Court vampires, which are basically like vampire bat type creatures, which can create this flesh suit that they wear to pass as humans. There's the White Court, which are a lot more like uh, Incubi and Succubi than they are traditional vampires. And then there's the Black Court, which is Nosferatu. kind of like yes. the, the cautionary tale of why all the supernatural things kind of hide in the background. Because, you know, Bram Stoker wrote the Dracula book in the Dresden universe, and it was basically a how-to-kill Black Court vampires. So the entire Black Court of vampires is almost completely wiped out because Dracula was Black Court vampire. Huh. That's pretty cool. And and they don't all have the same weaknesses, so that's why they didn't get to all of the vampires, just the Black Court. Mm-hmm. Sort of reminds me of a more extreme version of what's going on in Vampire the Masquerade. Yeah, uh, kind of. With, that, with, those, with those classifications, which also had, you know, the Nosferatu being a, a separate sort of class. And I'm fudging this all because I, I never played VTM, but I did watch the television series from the mid-90s. Uh, 
<laughs> in its so, entirety on VHS. Same complaints apply to that. So, you know, I, I sidetracked Dan, but yeah, they uh, took a lot of liberties with the material for the TV show. Doesn't he use a hockey stick as a wand? Yes, he has the uh, hockey stick for his staff and a drumstick for his blast wand. No. What does he no. have in the books? An actual staff and an actual blasting rod. <laughs> He has like in, wizard in the, shit, man. <laughs> in the in the books, he's got a staff that was carved by his mentor from a tree on his mentor's farm that was like hundreds of years old. And actually, and his like, mentor is awesome. Yeah. yeah, if you can pull a satellite out of orbit and use it to kill your enemies, drop it on a smarmy Spaniard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so obviously this has kind of been sort of an introduction to Dresden Files based on my ignorance to all of it, but I suppose we could take this opportunity to go a bit deeper, you know, without being spoilerific in any kind of real sense, and explore some aspects of it that you've latched on to. It sounds like there's a lot of different departures from mythology as we know it, some cool spins on things. What's you guys' favorite parts about it? And I guess we'll start with Luke. I like the mythology bits because I'm into mythology in general, and this it will give me a, I call it Google bait. I'll be like, ooh, what is... That's Lin, Lian and she, Lin, and then I have to put that into Google to figure out how to pronounce it. And now I've learned something about how the Gales viewed uh, the fairy world, and that's interesting on its own. At the same time, he's clearly done his research into the mythology of the thing, but at one point, Terry also rides a zombie T-Rex, and this all <laughs> seems to make perfect sense. Oh yes, while well, a small man plays polka to keep it going. Wow. That's in the fifth book, and necromancy needs a rhythm to yes. work. And even better is the older the specimen you're using for your ne- necromancy, the more powerful the magic. So he uses the skeleton of Sue the T-Rex. Yes. <laughs> and cleans house. He has a small ma- a one-man poker machine to, uh, to beat the drum. You guys have mentioned some funny fucking shit here, so would you qualify this as not just... A hard-boiled detective series, but also a comedy no. series? There is it's plenty mo- of levity to it. Absolutely. There's lots of levity, but there's also, like, you know, we haven't touched on it because of spoilers, but one of the best parts of Harry is that he is has so much dynamic to him. He's really hard on himself. A part of why it took him so long to develop the supporting cast that he has is because he always feels guilty when shit happens to people, and shit happens to people throughout the course of the books. Yeah. It's not afraid to let to let there be. It wants there to be consequences for the things that happen, and there often are. And I'll say it's it's got the the pulpiness to it, in that it will get. In. I'm going to call it melodrama, but I don't mean that to be insulting. It's just that they make dramatic character stuff out of the ridiculous things that happen inside the story. They try to make it have uh, you know real emotional consequences on the characters, and it does. People get scarred. People have wounds that make it to other books. How about you, Dan? My favorite uh, villains throughout the series are the Denarians. These people who are uh, possessed by demonic entities that were all created from the uh, 30 pieces of silver that Judas got for betraying Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, they, they are the, the entities themselves are 30 of the original fallen angels that like defected with Lucifer during the fall and the split from heaven. And yeah, they inhabit the coins that uh, Judas got as his reward for betraying Christ. And you touch one of the coins and you are possessed by the entity. If you let go of the coin, like a shadow of the entity is within your mind 
constantly whispering to you and tempting you and trying to convince you to pick up that coin and being legitimately helpful to you even yeah mm-hmm. and wield the power of that of the, the the demon for your own which depending upon you know the demons themselves some of them will have symbiotic relationships with their hosts and others will just straight up take control of them and use them to be able to manifest within the world. I'd say Butcher strikes a good balance between making them mustache twirly, which they are to a bit, (laughs) but also you can understand why people would be tempted to give in to these beings. Yeah, they are some of the most powerful beings in creation and they will, you know, gladly help you with any problem that you have for the low, low price of, you know, Inhabiting your body. (laughs) You're not using it anyway. Not like they would, I assume. Not to their potential. (laughs) They will ride it like a Bronco. (laughs) How about you, Trench? The villains are good, but I just think, in general, a lot of the supporting cast is really amazing. They're really diverse, and they bring a lot to the table. And it's like, as the series goes on, uh, Harry comes to rely on them a lot more than, you know, he ever probably even realizes. And they're given enough personality, so when they show up, you're like, hey, it's Butters, and you're happy to see them. Yeah. And you'll learn to love Murphy almost immediately. Yep. Not immediately, immediately. But... It does. It Murphy takes a little bit of getting used to, but, I mean, it's it's basically because she tries to arrest him all the time, but it's because <laughs> Harry won't tell her what's going on. She is a cop. Yeah. He is, like, being sketchy as fuck, and so she, like, does the cop thing and tries to figure out what's going on. And Harry, trying to protect her, doesn't tell her that the fact that, oh, yeah, there's magic and there's wizards everywhere and, you know, a bunch of shit that goes bump in the night, you know, just kind of waiting out of sight. And now the next thing you know, you're fighting something from your worst nightmares while fucking handcuffed. While handcuffed or while fucking handcuffed? Yes. Both. (laughs) That was not the answer I expected. And I am glad I about that. <laughs> At least one awkward sex scene per book. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's, you know, probably Butcher's one, like, weak point in the, in the books. <laughs> but I uh, just go past him. <laughs> one other thing I want to recommend about the series is the audiobooks that James Marston does the narration for. That's how I've consumed most of the books, actually, and I think it adds an element of enjoyment to them. Yeah, what a, uh, what a get. I mean, a leading role from the series that, like, if you were on Amazon, say, buying uh, Dresden Files books, it might say, you may also be interested in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I bet you would be. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're and, buying the Buffy box set, then it may say, you may also be interested in Jim Butcher Cold Days. And you'll be like, what the fuck is Cold Days? <laughs> like, it's oh. book, like, 13. Don't, do, don't start with that one. <laughs> no, you definitely want to start from the beginning. Stormfront mm-hmm. is the but, first uh, one. Yes. It was maybe going to be called Semi-Auto Magic, which (laughs) I think he should have fucking done. If I saw that title, I would have been like, wow, what the hell is that? I I, I saw that earlier today while I was doing research for the recording, and I don't know. Like, it was the original title when he originally wrote it for the class, but I I don't know if, like, when he finally got a publisher, because he had, like, some troubles finding one for two to three years after he wrote the story— that the publisher might have told him to change it. it. Yeah, Rock Books is like, hey, Jim, um, about this, you've got this really distinct, uh, interesting, and funny title. Why don't we change it to Stormfront? That seems a little bit more, you know, generic. We're going to attract the Nazi crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, I challenge you to please make a book actually called that. I'm writing it right now. It's my Nick Valentine Skyrim crossover <laughs> fan fiction. I hope you're I not try. joking, Luke. <laughs> 
Please don't be joking. Uh, I was, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the consequence of throwing Get shit on out it. like there. You've got to do it now. Yeah. And then, Luke, and then we'll change the Luke. names and we'll have another 50 shades on our hand. Oh, God. <laughs> Fus Rodash, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone likes my boogie. I think the one thing we really haven't touched on was the role-playing game, really. But, you know, I want us to do it at some point, but... We've got a lot of role-playing game to get through when it comes to publication. We have to finish up the uh, the production of Star Wreck, and then we have one to two more seasons of Call of Cthulhu in mind. So, unless we get a ton more money... That's not going to happen anytime soon. But hey, you can help in that whole ton more money thing because Nerdy Show is entirely listener supported. All of our role playing shows, all of our talk shows like this one are backed by fans on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash nerdy show and you will not just be helping us out, but you will also get a ton of bonus content from all across the network. At even a dollar, you also get early releases. And um, well, we've been talking about things that people publish and charge money for, so you can buy all those things on Amazon. Follow our links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon or links to all the stuff we've talked about on this episode's page. The one thing with the role-playing game, unless they've updated it, is that it was only current with like the lore and stuff that had happened in the book up to the point where the thing was initially published. There was stuff that happened afterward that you can't make mechanics for because they didn't exist. Oh, certainly they've updated it. It has been a bit. I can't remember what year exactly the RPG released, but I know it was well before Skin Game. But I know it does allow for you to do a lot of interesting things. K-Monstar had a group that was playing it, and from what I heard, the characters that they had in their group were like these characters would never, ever exist together just because (laughs) of their differing loyalties as various, you know, creatures or, you know, beings that would belong to other organizations. Yeah, that's one of the things that when I was looking into it briefly, I found so challenging about, you know, creating a character coming in from the outside, not having read all these books is that it goes deep and it sounds fascinating, but I was I was not prepared. I was not prepared to invent something that convincingly would fit into that world. And it would be uh, hard to explain a Knight of the Cross to somebody who didn't already know that character. Yeah, well, there's that. And, you know, now there's like a whole subspecies of thing that doesn't even exist anymore that was in the Mm -hmm. original rules that we can't get into because of spoilers. Yep. <laughs> and Stop asking questions. <laughs> from, from what I know, the last expansion for the RPG included content from book 12 and a hint of book 13, but we're on book 15 now. Oh, that's not too bad then. I think that's probably a little bit further along than when I was looking at it. So thanks so much to Garrier for requesting this topic, and we'll see you next week with our usual exploration of all the latest happening in the nerd world. Taking us out is a, well, I couldn't find a track pertaining specifically to Dresden Files from all the tracks from all the artists that we play on Nerdy.fm, our nerd music streaming service, which you can listen to on Apple Android or at Nerdy.fm. And uh, so instead I went with something that had spooky creatures in the title of it, and it it ended up being a, a good direction to go in because we're going to be playing Zombies Are Greater Than Vampires by Professor Shy Guy from his now classic 2012 record, Geekotica. I wanted werewolf bar mitzvah.
Powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.